The greatest mystery and greatest miracle of all time, even greater than the creation of the universe, is the marvel of the redemption of the souls of men. Jesus Christ revealed it unto Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit, is the only way to escape eternity in the lake of fire. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Be it known that this salvation is a limited time offer. Will you accept it today? You can participate in the greatest mystery and greatest miracle of all time. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Isaiah fourteen twenty nine, Rejoice not thou whole Palestinia, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken, for out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. God said, Jeremiah fifty-one thirty-four. Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon hath devoured me, he hath crushed me, he hath made me an empty vessel, he hath swallowed me up like a dragon, he hath filled his belly with my delicates, he hath cast me out." God said, Job 40, verses 15 through 19, Behold now, Behemoth, which I made with thee, he eateth grass as an ox. Lo, now his strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. His, he moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are as strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that madeth can make his sword to approach unto him. God said, Job 41, uh, verses 1, and select verses through to and including 33. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook, or his tongue with the cord which thou lettest down? Who can open the doors of his face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal." One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another. They stick together that they cannot be sundered. By his niecings a light doth shine, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lamps, and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke as out of a seething spot or cauldron. His breath kindleth coals, and the flame goeth out of his mouth. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid. By reason of breakings, they purify themselves. The sword of him that layeth at him cannot hold, the spear, the dart, nor the harbogen. He esteemeth iron as straw, and brass as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Slingstones are turned with him into stubble. Darts are counted as stubble. He laugheth at the shaking of a spear." Sharp stones are under him. He spreadeth sharp-pointed things under the, upon the mire. He maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment. Upon earth there is not like, not his like, who is made without fear. 
Man said dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago at the end of the Mesozoic era, long before the advent of men. Now the record. When your absolutes are not absolutely absolute, Jesus said the mountain won't move. Mark chapter eleven twenty two through 24, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. The word of God is the absolute inerrant truth. The born again have often been accused of worshiping the Bible, an accusation from which we do not shrink. The Bible is not paper and printer's ink, but the living spirit of God. Consider the following two verses. John 1, one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Revelation 19.13, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The Word of God is the truth of life, and obeying it is central to an abundant life here and eternal life hereafter. All things are literally made out of God's words, even our DNA in its four-letter alphabet, which spells out life's building instructions and is laid out in sentences, paragraphs, chapters, books, and volumes of books. Since the instigation of and since the onset of the law of sin and death, the word of God found in the majority text has been maligned and challenged millions upon millions of times. But know of a certainty, Satan's minions have failed time after miserable time. Truth will remain truth. This is its nature. This is God said, man said, feature 524 that proves the veracity of holy wit. Writ. These features are archived in text and streaming audio. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. We're grateful you've come. One of the most visited subjects on God Said, Man Said is the subject of dinosaurs. We have published over 50 pages on this subject. At the end of this article, we will list a batch of amazing features for your perusal. Surely the dinosaur lived contemporaneously, side by side with man. Both were created by God just over 6,000 years ago. The word dinosaur was first coined by Sir Richard Owen in 1841. Prior to that, these creatures were known in the scriptures and in the general public by names like dragon, leviathan, behemoth, fiery flying serpents, cockatrice, and more. A few foundational excerpts from previous God Said, Man Said postings follow. The first set of excerpts comes from Dinosaurs Updated. During the 1656 years prior to the flood of Noah, things were dramatically different. One of the major reasons, reasons for this difference is found in Genesis chapter 1, 6, and 7. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters that were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Firmament is heaven or space. There are three heavens. The space around us in the sky make up the first heaven. Outer space with the planets, etc., is the second heaven. The third heaven is where God dwells. See 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 through 5. 
God separated the water into two bodies by firmament. One body was under the firmament, covering the earth. The other body of water was above the firmament or above the sky. Thus, earth had two bodies of water separated by space or firmament. It is important to note that prior to the flood of Noah, there is no record of rain, Genesis 2, 5, and 6, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth, and watered the whole face of the ground. God watered the earth with a mist. The first record of rain is in the days of Noah when God opened the windows of heaven. Note that the token of the covenant God gave to Noah, which assured Noah that he would not destroy the whole earth again by a flood, was a rainbow. A rainbow appears to be something Noah had never seen before. The ancient civilizations of Babylon, Egypt, Greece, India, Hawaii, Indonesia, Europe, Asia, and Australia testify of a water canopy above the firmament. In the 1850s, British archaeologists found about 20,000 clay tablets in the ruins of a library excavated in Nineveh. It's important to remember that these people were not adherents to the Bible. Among these were uh, 12 tablets with astonishing text. The 12 ancient tablets, known as the Epic of Gilgamesh, describe the destruction of the earth by a flood extremely similar to the Bible's record in Genesis. Other ancient civilizations tell a very similar story. See the following subjects concerning Noah and the global flood. The water canopy was rained down upon the earth. According to scientists, a water canopy of that magnitude would have had a very powerful benefit. One benefit would have been a greenhouse effect, making the whole world tropical. For example, if you had a greenhouse, you could have a tropical temperatures inside and frigid temperatures outside. So then the water canopy God describes in Genesis would have provided a balmy tropical temperature as one of its benefits, and it would have encompassed the globe. Every day would have featured a beautiful, rainless, cloudless postcard sky. However, immediately after God opened the windows of heaven and rained down that water canopy, the greenhouse effect ended, and the north and south poles went into an immediate deep freeze. According to an AP science writer, and I quote, the frigid Arctic regions were as balmy as present-day Florida some 90 million years ago, according to researchers who found fossils in northern Canada of a crocodile-like animal. The AP science writer was only half right. Balmy temperatures? Yes. 90 million years ago? No. In a book titled The Waters Above by author J.C. Dillow, the following excerpts were found. Baron Toll the Arctic explorer found remains of a saber-toothed tiger and a 90-foot plum tree with green leaves and ripe fruit on its branches over 600 miles north of the Arctic Circle in the New Siberian Islands. Today, the only vegetation that grows there is a one-inch high willow, end of quote. And again, Dillo reports, Dr. Jack A. Wolfe, in a U.S. Geological Survey report, 1978, told that Alaska once teemed with tropical plants. He found evidence of mangroves, palm trees, Burmese, lacquer trees, and groups of trees that now produce nutmeg and uh, Macassar oil, end of quote. In northern Siberia and Alaska, there are an estimated 5 million elephant-like mammoths killed by a flood and frozen in ice and permafrost. 
Kellogg, an expert on ancient civilizations, recounts their record, which tells of a visible water heaven that was tintillating with light. These ancient civilizations claimed this water heaven was home of the gods and that it obstructed the power of the sun god. One day this water canopy was banished and cast down to the earth, after which the sun came riding through as the conqueror of heaven, the master of the wind and rain. Until the worldwide flood that took place in the days of Noah, approximately 4,350 years ago, there was a water canopy above the firmament which made the climate very balmy. Every day, a beautiful cloudless postcard sky. Another major benefit of this global water canopy was the filtering of ultraviolet killer rays from the sun, as well as other sun-related detriments. Ultraviolet radiation is a contributing factor for at least 60 major diseases such as cancer, high blood pressure, strokes, Alzheimer's, Down syndrome, mental loss, and uh, arteriosclerosis, just to name a few. A scientist recently offered his solution to the scientific community for the deadly effects astronauts experience from prolonged bombardment by UV rays. His solution? Five feet of water all around their habitation. Many of God's critics, being willingly unaware of the benefits of the water canopy, have ridiculed the tremendously long lives of those who lived before Noah's flood before the end of the water canopy. Methuselah, the oldest Bible man who ever lived, reached the ancient age of 969 years. The average pre-Noah lifespan was 911 years, or 13 times longer than we live today. Imagine living in a perfect tropical atmosphere, perfect air, perfect water, perfect diet, without harmful effects from the sun. The obvious result would be a long, long, healthy life, 13 times longer. The famed historian Flavius Josephus, who wrote just after Christ's life here on the earth, recorded the lifespan of the ancients reaching up to 1,000 years. He refers directly to ancient historians such as Manetho, uh, Berosus, Marcus, Hestaeus, Hieronymus, Hesiod, uh, Hecatius, Hellenatius, uh, Auxilius, Ephorus, and Nicholas, who attest to these phenomenal lifespans. The pre-flood water canopy was central to the explanation of what has perplexed many about the idea of a young 6,000-year-old Earth and what happened to the dinosaurs. The dinosaur is a reptile, and it does something that we can't do. It never stops growing. In a field guide to reptiles and amphibians, which is part of the Peterson Field Guide series, sponsored by the National Audubon Society and National Wildlife Federation, I found the following statement. Size. Reptiles and amphibians may continue to grow as long as they live, rapidly at first, but more slowly after maturity. Hence, giant specimens may be encountered on very rare occasions, end of quote. The older it is, the bigger it gets. Note, before the water canopy was eliminated, the average lifespan was 13 times longer than it is today. Remember, the air was pure, the water clean, the diet near perfect. There were no harmful rays from the sun, and the lifespan was 13 times longer. Consider the present-day Chinese iguana that grows as large as 12 feet long. Suppose before the flood, in a near-perfect environment, the iguana would have lived 13 times longer, and because it never stops growing, it would become 13 times bigger. That Chinese iguana would be 156 feet long and about three stories tall. Dinosaur. Terrible lizard. The dinosaur is simply a giant lizard 
which was created by God in the same six-day span as man, end of quote. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Fire-Breathing Dragons and Fiery Flying Serpents. In a research book titled After the Flood, author William Cooper cites some very interesting information. This first excerpt deals with flying reptiles, which science claims were not contemporary to man. It reads, The last monster to be destroyed by Bullwolf, and from which encounter Bullwolf also died in the year A.D. 583, was a flying reptile which lived on a promontory overlooking the sea at Ronassus on the southern coast of Sweden. Now the Saxons, and presumably the Danes, knew flying reptiles in general as Liftflaga, air flyers. But this particular species of flying reptile, the specimen from Ronassus, was known to them as Widflaga, literally a wide or far-ranging flyer, and the description that they have left us fits that of a giant pteranodon. Interestingly, the Saxons also described this creature as Ligdraca, or fire dragon, and he is described as a 50 feet in length, or perhaps wingspan, and about 300 years of age. Great age is a common feature even among today's non-giant reptiles. Moreover, and of particular interest to us, the name Widflaga would have distinguished this particular species of flying reptile from another similar species which was capable of making only short flights. Such a creature is portrayed in a shield boss from the Sutton Hoo burial which shows a flying dragon with its wings folded along its sides. Its long, tooth-filled jaws are readily seen, and the shield boss can be seen to this day in a showcase at the British Museum. Modern paleontologists working from fossilized remains have named such a creature Pteranodactyl. Author uh, John Whitcomb, in his book The World That Perished, states, Evolutionary scientists believe that dinosaurs became extinct many millions of years before men appeared on the earth, but the Bible indicates that men and dinosaurs have lived contemporaneously. And then again, Whitcomb, referring to articles in National Geographic, writes, Scientific discovery confirms biblical revelations at this point. If we understand dinosaur in its original meaning of terrifying lizard, then dinosaurs are not yet extinct. About 1,000 huge dragon lizards still survive on the small Indonesian island of Komodo. Concerning the alligator, he writes, although they are now 99% extinct and seldom exceed 12 feet in length, the American alligator attained lengths of nearly 20 feet as recently as the turn of the 20th century. Only about 500 years ago, uh, the uh, Aperonis, a dinosaur bird nearly 10 feet tall and weighing half a ton, still lived on the island of Madagascar. The time has come for a totally new perspective on dinosaurs in relation to Earth history and mankind. Dr. Henry Morse, founder of the world-renowned Institute for for Creation Research, weighs in with this statement from his book, The Remarkable Record of Job. Dragons of various kinds were capable of breathing out fire, at least according to traditions from all parts of the world. Certain insects can, in effect, give out light or fire, the bombador beetle and the firefly, as can various luminescent fish. Perhaps more to the point, dinosaur fossils have been excavated that show a strange protuberance with an internal cavity on top of the head. It is conceivable 
that this could have served as a sort of mixing chamber for combustible gases that would ignite when exhaled into the outside oxygen. In any case, it seems unlikely that the ubiquitous tales of fire-breathing dragons in ancient times, coming as they do from all parts of the world, could have come into existence without a strong factual basis. Furthermore, the Bible often mentions dragons, just as it mentions unicorns, always in such a way as to show that the writers believed they were real animals, end of quote. These next paragraphs are from the God Said, Man Said article, Marvin, Dinosaurs and Fossils. The following excerpts are from the periodical Scientific American in an article written by Albert Ingalls titled, The Carboniferous Mystery. It is referring to human footprints, and it reads, On sites reaching from Virginia and Pennsylvania through Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri, and westward toward the Rocky Mountains, prints similar to those shown above, he's referring to several accompanying pictures, and from 5 to 10 inches long, have been found on the surface of exposed rocks and more and more keep turning up as the years go by. Again, Ingle states, If man, or even his ape ancestor, or even that ape ancestor's early mammalian ancestor existed as far back as the Carboniferous period in any shape, then the whole science of geology is so completely wrong that all the geologists will resign their jobs and take up truck driving. Hence, for the present at least, Science rejects the attractive explanation that man made these mysterious prints in the mud of the Carboniferous period with his feet. Ingle and his colleagues reject this information because it contradicts their preconceived notions, notions that are simply not provable because they're not true. Roland Byrd, a paleontologist from the American Museum of Natural History, examined rocks bearing remarkable human footprints that were discovered in a Cretaceous, claimed to be around 100 million years old, limestone formation near Glen Rose, Texas. The following is his statement as published in a 1939 issue of Natural History. Yes, they apparently were real enough, real as rock could be, the strangest things of their kind I have ever seen. On the surface of each was splayed the near likeness of a human foot, perfect in every detail, but each imprint was 15 inches long, end of quote. Genesis 6-4. There were giants in the earth in those days. See giants on the earth on this website. Concerning radiometric techniques, a evolutionist, William Sansfield, had this to say. It is obvious now that radiometric techniques may not be the absolute dating methods their claim to be. Age estimates on a given geological stratum by different radiometric methods are often different sometimes by hundreds of millions of years. End of quote. Finally, on the subject of age, leading evolutionary scholar Frederick Juniman had this to say in his article titled Secular Catastrophism, printed in the Industrial Research and Development. There's been in recent years the horrible realization that radio decay rates are not as constant as previously thought, nor are they immune to environmental influences, and this could mean that atomic clocks are reset during some global disaster, and events which brought the Mesozoic age of the dinosaurs to a close may not be 65 million years old, but rather within the age and memory of man. End of feature quotes. The record, ancient and current, in favor of the dragons slash dinosaurs of the Bible is staggering. 
the histories of Asia, Australia, Europe, Africa, the Middle East, and the Americas all report the existence of these fearsome creatures living alongside and terrorizing their people. In England alone, there are nearly 200 sites of dinosaur activity with some of their communities named as a result of these creatures, such as Sharp Flight Meadow and Dragon's Green. Keep in mind that the first dinosaur fossils were not discovered until early in the 19th century, yet the ancient petroglyphs and ancient Ica burial stones fully display these creatures. The artists lived among these creatures. Dr. Henry M. Morse, who founded the Institute for Creation Research, was quoted in the March 2011 feature of Acts and Facts. Dr. Morse said, Dragons were even described in reputable zoological treatises published during the Middle Ages. Even though dragons sometimes were said to have supernatural abilities, all these ancient nations regarded them as real animals frequently encountered by humans. End of quote. 13th century explorer Marco Polo said that he saw awesome reptilian creatures, some as long as 30 feet. Noted 17th century scholar Athanasius Kircher refers to dragons numerous times, describing their dwelling places, habits, and more. Roman historian Claudius Aelianus, uh, A.D. 175 to 235, speaks of Alexander the Great. Alexander and his armies encountered a 105-foot or 70-cubit-long serpent during his conquest of India. In a new 2011 book published by Masters Books titled Dragons, Legends, and Lore of Dinosaurs, we find the following note written by John Calvin in the 1500s commenting on the Bible passage Jeremiah 51.34. The scripture reads, Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon hath devoured me, he hath crushed me, he hath made me an empty vessel, he hath swallowed me up like a dragon, he hath filled his belly with my delicates, he hath cast me out. Calvin's commentary follows. For the same purpose, he adds, he has set me an empty vessel, that is, he has wholly exhausted me, as when one empties a flagon or a cask. Then he says he has swallowed me up like a dragon. It is a comparison different from the former, but yet very suitable, for dragons are those who devour a whole animal, and this is what the prophet means. Though these comparisons do not in everything agree, yet as to the main thing, they are most appropriate even to show that God suffered his people to be devoured as though they had been exposed to the teeth of a lion or a bear, or as though they had been a prey to a dragon. End of quote. The absolute accuracy of the scriptures is constantly assailed by the sons of Adam, but to no avail. The fire-breathing dragons, the creatures that could swallow a man whole, the fiery flying serpents, the cockatrice, Leviathan, and Behemoth are all confirmed by the record. God's word is true and righteous altogether. It is a place to build a life. God said, Isaiah fourteen twenty nine, Rejoice not thou whole Palestinia, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. God said, Jeremiah fifty one thirty four, Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon hath devoured me. He hath crushed me. He hath made me an empty vessel. He hath swallowed me up like a dragon. He hath filled his belly with my delicates. He hath cast me out. God said, Job chapter 40, 15 through 19, Behold now, behemoth, which I made with thee. He eateth grass as an ox. Lo now, 
His strength is in his loins, and his force is in the navel of his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his stones are wrapped together. His bones are strong pieces of brass. His bones are like bars of iron. He is the chief of the ways of God. He that made him can make his sword to approach unto him. God said, Job chapter 41, various verses. Canst thou draw out Leviathan with an hook, or his tongue with a cord which thou lettest down? Who can open the doors of his faith? face? His teeth are terrible round about. His scales are his pride, shut up together as with a close seal. One is so near to another that no air can come between them. They are joined one to another. They stick together that they cannot be sundered. By his neesings a light goeth forth, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning lamps, and sparks of fire leap out. Out of his nostrils goeth smoke, as out of a seething pot or cauldron. His breath kindleth coals, and a flame goeth out of his mouth. When he raiseth up himself, the mighty are afraid by reason of the breakings. They purify themselves. The sword of him that layeth at him cannot hold, the spear, the dart, nor the harbogen. He esteemeth iron as straw and brass as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee. Sling stones are turned with him into stubble. Darts are counted as stubble. He laugheth at the shaking of a spear. Sharp stones are under him. He spread the sharp pointed things upon the mire. He maketh the deep to boil like a pot. He maketh the sea like a pot of ointment. Upon earth there is not his like who is made without fear. Man said dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago at the end of the Mesozoic era, era, long before the advent of man. Now you have the record.